Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans. Happy Friday. Happy game day. It's finally here. The Blue Jackets are playing a, a real hockey game tonight. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Jackets your first listen of the day. Whether you are a new listener or a regular listener, I appreciate you. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. So today uh, I am sitting down with Tyler Kuehl of Locked On Capitals because it's been a minute since we last faced the Capitals. So we're talking what's new, what's good, what's bad, and uh, we do a little bit of a preview for tonight's game. So I will just get right into it. Jay, let's get into the Blue Jackets here. This team right now, it's... I was one and you know, I I'm very skeptical on a lot of teams. I said the San, I said all the California teams were going to be bad because how they were last year. I said the Detroit Red Wings were not going to be an above 500 team. And I've been proven wrong. And I said, Columbus was going to sit at the bottom of the Metro. No questions asked, but yet here I am right now talking about a team that is in towards the top of the metropolitan division with a seven and three record. Just how has this happened? Honestly, well, first of all, I don't want to talk about it too loud in case it like scares them off and <laughs> ruins the whole thing. Um, I assume regression is is coming, but right now, uh, goaltending is is the big one. Uh, Elvis Mosleykins kind of talked a little bit in the off season how he wants to win a Vesna this season. He wants to honor uh, his friend Batista Kablenix, who passed away uh, in the summer, obviously. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna win. A, I'm gonna win a Vesna for Matisse." And apparently, he's that's what he's doing. Uh, he's been phenomenal so far this season. Uh, I believe he's six and one, uh, yeah, and he's he's got like a nine four eight save percentage through through those games. So it, it those right there numbers. You say those, and to anyone you hear six and one, think oh they're a great goaltender. Well, sometimes if you play on great teams, sometimes the goaltending can kind of get subs subsided a little bit based on the fact they have a good team in front of them. But yeah, to your point, 940 save percentage and a sub two goals against average. This is the new NHL, Jay, where they want as much scoring as possible. So anyone with under two is incredible. Jonas Corpusal, of course, had a start like that a couple of years ago. But Merzlikens just for some reason has this thing. And I know it's early when typically the cutoff point is American Thanksgiving, December 1st, whatever you want to go with. But right now, there's just a lot of optimism in Columbus with this team and up front as well and i know he's been banged up a little bit as of late patrick line seemingly has found you know kind of a little bit of a renaissance compared to how he started when he was in winnipeg down there in columbus right now yeah i've been i've been really really surprised like pleasantly surprised with with line a um he hasn't been scoring a ton uh he won't be playing tonight he's out four to six weeks with an oblique injury right um but he has i think 10 points through through nine games or something like that, um, which I mean is is great for a guy that was not very good last season at all. And I think only two of those goals, only two of those are goals. And I yeah. know people get a bit twitchy when you know goal scorers aren't scoring goals, but 
if he's putting up the points, he's putting up primary assists. Like I'm, I'm not worried. If he put up enough primary assists, eventually the goals will will come. You know, so yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, the fact of the matter is, compared to last season, and yes, I, you know, you can look at the coaching change that always can be a a key talking point with how Patrick Line, because John Tortorella is not Mister Go Offense Go, as we all kind of learned for better or worse. But maybe just, you know, a new coach, new staff around him, maybe has a little bit of sensory rejuvenation. And the fact that he's getting involved offensively, because last year he was he was hardly getting any points, let alone goals last season. So eventually when hopefully when he comes back, he comes back to full health. The other big surprise for me, because I thought this guy was over the hill once he got traded, and I thought it was a you could t- I thought this was a move showing that up oh, Columbus is rebuilding, they're getting rid of Cam Atkinson. Jakob Boracek has seemingly found a nice little home there in Columbus in his first season with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, for sure. That was that was a trade that I hated at first. Um, like I was really um, like as a fan. First of all, I was emo- I was pretty emotionally attached to Atkinson. He was one of my favorite players. I assumed he was going to be a guy that retired a Blue Jacket, you know. And he was after a summer of of everyone being like, "Why doesn't anyone want to stay in Columbus?" For us to trade one of the like three guys that was super outspoken about how much they loved it in Columbus was, right. I don't know, it felt like a bit of a kick in the teeth to the fans. But that being said, Atkinson has been off to a really great start in Philadelphia, scoring a bunch of goals. Voracek, I think, has like nine primary assists so far this season. That's what that's what the trade was for. We needed a playmaker to play with Line A. You know, Atkinson and Line A were never going to gel as line mates, I don't think. They're both shooters. They were both, you know, you can only shoot the puck. Like, one, right. only one player can shoot any one particular puck, you know? Exactly. So making that swap was, I think, the best of both worlds for them. It sucks to lose Atkinson. Um, but, yeah, I'm super happy with, with Voracek. If he spends the rest of the year on Line A's wing, I think some very fun things are going to happen with the Blue Jackets. 100%. And I know there's, and of course, you know, our boss, if you will, Sean Woodley, he covers Locked On Raptors. He had this, I'm sure he had the same kind of feeling when DeMar DeRozan was traded for Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, oh, why are you getting rid of DeRozan? He's our, you know, one of our best players. And then Kawhi wins him a championship and everyone all just all goes quiet about it. But that's, that's just how sports work sometimes, right, Jay? Uh, but I, I love, like, I'm looking down the list here and one player, I look at his name and it's just so funny because I saw him in Dallas this past spring at the under 18s, Cole Sillinger, 18 years old. All right, let's give him a shot. Let's see. And then he's going to go back to junior and whatnot and have some fun there and tear it up there. Well, I'm not going to use the word tearing up the way he's playing, but he's certainly not looking out of place as an 18 year old here in a man's league in the NHL. No, I couldn't be happier with, Cole just play so far this season. Like, yeah, okay, he's not, you know, obviously with you being based in Michigan, Lucas Raymond is the name on everyone's lips oh, yeah. for the Calder. He's not putting up points like Lucas Raymond is, but when you look at the fact that he's he's the youngest player in the NHL, he's not 19 for a while. You know, he's, he's still just a kid, and he's got, I think, six points on the season so far. Yep. He just put three goals up in two games on... Colorado, which is a team that I think everyone assumed was going to just ruin everyone this season. Uh, we ended up coming out with two wins, and that was in big part to the the play of Cole Sillinger, who he's been elevated to that top line. He's kind of bounced around the lineup a little bit, 
Um, but as of right now, he is uh, on a line with Jacob Arcek. Uh, Patrick Laine was on that line. Obviously, he's out with injury now. We've kind of plugged that lineup hole with Igor Chinikov, who is another one of our rookies. Uh, he's not doing as well points-wise, but he, again, doesn't look out of place. Uh, it's his first year in North America. Um, but yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier with, with Cole Sillinger. You know, um, there was a, a really good quote that came out just about the end of training camp where Brad Larson was talking about how he keeps looking for a reason to get rid of Cole Sillinger, to send him down to, you know, any reason that he's not ready. And every single time kind of that question comes up, he proves them wrong. Yeah, that was kind of something when we talk, we kind of flip roles here in just a minute. We talk about the caps. That's what a lot of people were thinking with Hendrix off here. But then now Hendrix off here going back to the queue. But we'll get to all that a little bit later on here. You mentioned Shinnikov, who people have to remember. It was just when he got was it was that the 20 that was 2020 draft, right? Or was that 2019? Yeah, he was he was picked, I believe, one pick before Hendrix Lapierre. Yeah, and it was my choice for the Blue Jackets to pick. I did a bunch of research on this kid, and then Yabaka Klein was like, actually, no, we're going to pick this kid out of Russia that no one's ever heard of. That was literally the <laughs> best part about that whole story. I'm watching the draft, and I'm like, you were Chinnikov, and I'm like, I'm literally, like, I, I have, like, all the top European skaters. Like, this was the first round, and all of a sudden, Brian, even when Brian Burke says, he's a forward, right? And I'm like, if Brian Burke doesn't know who he is, we're done here. We have no idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Now we do know who he is and kind of rushing to because we did a we did like a live draft show for, for the lockdown yeah. network. And so I was waiting to to go forward and I had all my stuff on Lapierre and a couple of other guys that kind of around that. And then we went live and I was like, OK, so this Chinakov kid, all this, I can tell you is kid. that he is not in the draft rankings that I think anyone had had given up. He was an overager, so he was not drafted the year previous. Right. Um, no one really knew who he was, but then you kind of, you look at his past year and change of hockey. He won the Gagarin Cup in the KHL. He was, uh, I believe, the rookie of the year in the entire KHL. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, right, yeah. And now he's kind of come across to, to uh, North America. He's playing on that top line. Yeah, the points haven't started to come yet. But again, I, I'm i pretty happy with with how that draft ended up going. You know, Yamo loves to go off the board. Uh, and more cases than not, it works out. Because here's the thing. He never, because Shinnikov, this is why how no one knew he was. Because he never played in any of the role of junior tournaments or anything like that. Like, this is his first real experience on North American ice. I think that's why people were so kind of off guard about who they picked because like there's he's never played in the world juniors which is usually the telltale sign of all right this guy is going to eventually make it someday or even the under 18s like he was so under the radar that you had to go to eliteprospects.com and probably click three other shinnikovs to find him <laughs> but yeah no it's it i like i said he's gonna be one of those kids that's gonna step up and this team is looking really good right now just by the way they played lately i mean you pick up wins like i said colorado yeah, Cara is not the world beaters that we thought they were, but that's still a good hockey team over there and picking up two wins against them. And once again, especially in this metropolitan division where everyone is still above 500, even the Pittsburgh Penguins right now who are struggling are in that same boat. So the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm certain, sitting pretty right now to start things off. We'll take a quick pause here. We're going to flip roles here in just a moment where Jay is going to ask me a bunch of questions about the Washington Capitals where I'm going to try to do my best to try to do as good of a job as he has just done. <laughs> 
But I have to quick remind you guys about Built Bar. It is American Thanksgiving coming up here, and there's all sorts of good foods and treats, but plenty of them. But you want a yummy dessert, but not so full on the calories. You don't want all that big fat pumpkin pie with the Cool Whip on top. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bar, the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it because they're low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high in protein. And if you get a chocolate one, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward, but maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried Built Bar yet. Be sure to go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order by using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So I guess the the surprising thing for me, I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't paid a ton of attention to the Capitals so far this season. I assumed that they were doing the usual trick of just winning quietly, uh, Alex Ovechkin obviously is, I think, on pace to beat the goals record by, what, like, next Thursday by this point? Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about Alex Ovechkin a little bit later on, I think, because my main question, or surprise, I guess, was uh, Nicholas Backstrom has not played yet this season, uh, and that, that surprised me because... Obviously, Alex Ovechkin is taking the, the goal-scoring world by storm. I think he took it personally that he didn't win the Rocket Richard last season and has decided to make up for it this season. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what's, what's that been like playing? I, I assume Kuznetsov has been on that, that top line. How's that top line looking for you? Well, it's what's crazy about it, Jay, is the fact that I came into this season thinking, all right, Backstrom's out, so there goes the playmaker that Ovechkin has really had on his entire hip for the majority of his time in Washington. And Evgeny Kuznetsov was thrown to the top line with Tom Wilson because Ovi, Backstrom, and Tom Wilson, despite Tom Wilson, every so often kind of getting the red mist and going a little chaos haywire, has been a very good member of that line, kind of gives the star players, the talent, the skilled players on that line a little bit of space. So we thought, all right, well, Wilson's there, Ovi's there, but how's Kuznetsov going to do? Because Kuzi was having a very weird year last year. He was under COVID protocol a lot, kept getting COVID. It seemingly seemed like Brian McClellan was going to deal him in the offseason just by the way that it seemed like Washington wanted nothing to do with Kuznetsov towards the end there. And then Kuznetsov all of a sudden went on this just mind-boggling start to the year where he was picking up points. I think he had four points in that first game against the Rangers. And he had just kept scoring and was making highlight real goals and bringing the bird back. And his confidence was coming back. And it seemed like he was just having more and more fun as the season wore on. And that's why I think Kuznetsov has been such a key part because Ovi's leading the team right now. Now, full disclosure, I probably should say something. I forgot to mention stop the top for the folks in lockdown caps. This is being recorded prior to the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Two reasons. One, Jay, like we always mentioned, is from England. So his time is a little bit further ahead of ours. Also, I am going to Denver with Western Michigan hockey tomorrow. Well, today as we record this, I flew on Thursday, so I had to kind of get settled in. So I wasn't able to do it right after the game. My lockdown now will still be there. So you guys can check that out on the Twitter at Lockdown Caps. But the stats may not be totally accurate, but the trends are there. So when I mentioned Ovechkin having 21 points in 12 games, That will obviously change once the game's over. But the fact of the matter is this. He is 36 years old. This is his 17th season in the league. No, 16th. 16th season in the league. And he is still averaging close to two points a game. That right there is, I think, the big thing for me is that Ovechkin is still producing. And he's still having fun. 
I mean, he's out scoring goals, even if it's like deflections, point shots. He hasn't really the one timer that everyone loves to talk about. He's only done a couple times this year. It's really been a lot of, you know, in tight goals, hard wrist shot goals. And shoot, he's having so much fun. He's bringing the press at practice at MedStar Center pizza. Like he's just having fun right now. And this whole team is. And I think the biggest part is that everyone, even that top line, especially with Kuznetsov, they're just playing more relaxed. I don't know if it was because of COVID last year with all the restrictions. Everyone kind of got on edge a little bit. This year, just playing a lot more loose. And that's why they've been so successful so far there, Jay. Yeah, Ovechkin is a player that, and again, you say he's 36. He's got to slow down at some point, right? But well, maybe. What a, what a treat to get to watch Alex Ovechkin play. I saw a Capitals game uh, in, in Washington in, I want to say 2016, 2017. And he just... He's impossible to to not pay attention to when you're there. He's phenomenal. One of my favorite players to watch. My first Ovechkin experience, I was in Toronto. I went, went to see the Leafs. This was their 2016-2017 uh, season. They had to win a game to clinch a playoff spot. And they're taking on the Washington Capitals in the second half of a back-to-back. And this was right, of course, ended up being where Washington played Toronto in the playoffs in that first round, that was the president's trophy winning capitals in 1617, where they got knocked out by Pittsburgh. But the first shift, and this is like a Tuesday night game. It's still packed at the then air Canada center. Faceoff is won by the capitals. They dumped the puck in. First of all, crazy that this team would dump the puck in Ovechkin sees. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was, uh, Matt Hunwick was going back for the Leafs to get the puck and Ovechkin just, barreled in full speed and nails him into the boards. And all of us in the arena went, Oh God, it's going to be one of those nights. <laughs> he just went off. And I think he just decides to win games sometimes. It's well, him and like Nate McKinnon as well. Have the similar, have a similar, like if you watch them just barreling down the wing, you know that you're in trouble. Well, the crazy part was like, he throws that big hit. He's probably threw five or six hits. I think he had one assist in that game, Jay. But you knew Ovechkin, no matter, even if he didn't score, he makes a difference. And that's been... Yeah. I think as, the... I I interviewed Steve Dangle. This is a long, long time ago. Good, um, good boy, Dangle. We talked about yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Um, and he said something that's kind of always stuck with me. And he said he plays in the NHL like I play NHL on the PlayStation. You know, right. he consistently is top 10 in goals, assists, and hits. It's... And, and that's he, the crazy thing, the, too. the best place to ever play the game. Um, Hasn't he, and he's only been suspended once, eh? Like, that's the like as physical as, as he's been for his entire career, like his first shift against Columbus in his rookie year, he goes out and nails somebody. Yeah. But he's, and he's never, and he's, knock on wood, been a relatively clean player when it comes to this physical game. That's what's been the crazy part. And, it, like, it, I remember early on, we all said this, like, okay, this kid's banging hard. He's getting 100 points his rookie year, but he can't sustain that. He'll be into his 30s with his body breaking down. I don't know what is in the Russian vodka that he drinks in the summertime, but it's certainly toughened him up and it's been able to keep him going for this long. Let me tell you. Yeah. Russian machine never breaks, you know? No kidding. Um, I, they didn't just make that the, the website because of, you know, because of an awesome catchphrase. It's because it never breaks. Yeah. So from, from Ovechkin to uh, maybe some lesser known caps, I was just looking up the, the caps roster. It looks basically unchanged. Uh, there's not a lot of new guys. Obviously, uh, Anthony Mantha was was traded 
the middle of last season for Jacob Rana. Uh, both yep. of those guys are now out with injury, which is unfortunate. Shoulder injuries. Both have shoulder similar. surgeries. That's yeah. the crazy. That part. was a similar trade of both teams needed something, and they're both doing pretty well on the on their respective teams. But the the caps relatively unchanged from last season, a couple of seasons ago. Is this a winning formula for the Capitals? Obviously, you know they're doing something okay, but well, the how crazy is, how are they looking? Well, the crazy part is Jay is the fact that. The the plan was to be relatively unchanged. You know, they they even went out of their way to go get Vitek Vanacek back from the Seattle Kraken, and when he got taken in the expansion draft, gave up draft picks to have him because he wanted they wanted him to be their starting goaltender. And so far, he certainly showed that he can be the number one guy. He's certainly taken that away from Ilya Samsonov. But with these injuries, with Backstrom being out of the lineup, Oshi being out in a walking boot, Ant Mantha now out week to week, Nick Dowd on IR. Now we've had to have a few kids step in here. And the really the most notable one, one of my favorites, because I'm a huge London Knights fan of the Ontario Hockey League. I love Connor McMichael. He has been a breath of fresh air. Two goals in the last three games heading into the game against Detroit. Five points so far for the youngster. And you've seen guys like Brett Leeson, who has scored twice. One of them set up by McMichael, who has come up from Hershey. Alexei Protas had to get called up because of Nick Dow's injury and hasn't played a whole lot. I, I, we all had high hopes for Hendricks Lop here after he scored in his very first game on opening night with Wayne Gretzky talking over him on, on TNT, but that's a discussion for another day. Unfortunately, he wasn't quite progressing like they would have hoped. So they sent him back down to the QMJHL for Acadie Bathurst to kind of, you know, develop a little bit more, which is what people thought they were going to do with some other players. But uh, I mean, right now they're having to use different, a different lineup than they would have thought coming into the year with everyone healthy. But that just kind of shows really the the drafting strategy of this franchise of McClellan. And of course, Laviolette has a say in that as well. They have a good scouting core to bring in players that can make an impact. And yeah, the minutes are a little bit scarce for some of the new guys. But as the season wears on, you'll see them be more and more comfortable in the NHL. And, you know, that's probably the best thing to happen because we went into this year, Jay, saying this team is old. This team is going to be, you know, two or three years. The core will be gone because they're all age out or whatever and they'll all retire. Well, now we're seeing the next wave starting to come through little by little right now. And I can tell you, I'm not going to say the word dynasty yet because that is way too early for that. But the fact of the matter is you have young players playing effective hockey in their first couple of games out of necessity. And now they're going to be like, hey, you know what? Down the line, if we have to either sign a big contract or let a guy go to retirement or whatever, we have someone that can fill that spot. That's why this team has been so successful so far. And yes, their overtime numbers are horrendous. They are winless in overtime. Heck, losing to Detroit early in the season. But I can tell you right now, they are, once again, it's, it's the fun aspect of it because they're having fun. And even with the new guys coming in, the vets are very supportive of them. And they're just kind of gelling together which is why right now they're still one of the top teams in the league, despite everyone thinking, when are they going to tail off? Knock on wood, not yet. Yeah, it feels very much like, I don't want to compare them directly to the Red Wings in the, what, 23-year playoff streak or something? 25, what's 25 or 26? I remember they got to 25, they made a big whole deal about it, and they still got trounced in the first round. I think that... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it was... The playoff streak started about when I was born, which I think was the the crazy thing. Um, but that's that's kind of the the team thing of every time someone in the Red Wings kind of aged out or got traded, they had a guy ready to step up. 
yeah. Pittsburgh is a similar thing. You know, we've all heard the the Mark Donk jokes of you know they they beat up on Toronto with a an AHL roster. Yep. You know, Seven, it was yep. extreme. I like I tend not to root for the Pens because you gross. But that was a lot of fun to watch. You're telling me the Blue Jackets don't like Pittsburgh? What is this? <laughs> I know, I know. It's an unpopular opinion. You guys have no history at all, right? But, um, Washington kind of has that same feel of every time a player starts to decline or, you know, no one's really aged out in a couple of years, but you get the feeling that, you know, as if Ovechkin ever does start to slow down, you know, you have the pieces there to, to replace them. And that is worrying for a team that has to play them like five times a season. Like I've never enjoyed playing the Capitals. <laughs> well, because for some reason, like when you're cheering for another team, you go into, into Capital One Arena there thinking, oh, you're playing pretty well. But for some reason, Ovechkin's going to score two. Backstrom's going to have four points. Like it's going to be something dumb and you're going to get outshot heavily. And that's what the Capitals have really done so far. And you mentioned the kind of aging out. There hasn't been a whole lot, but to your point, you know, Brooks Orpik retired as a Washington Capital. Marcus Johansson got left to the wayside to go sign with New Jersey. And those were two guys that were really important during a lot of their, you know, deeper playoff runs back you know, a few years ago. But they filled those roles. Tom Wilson came in very admirably, of course. You know, they had to acquire Nick Jensen from the Red Wings. Via, I think it was actually via, was that a trade? I think that was a trade. No, I'm probably wrong. But no matter what, they get him in. You know, they bring in, I mean, Martin Favari was another guy that's filled in a role quite admirably because Michael Kempney, once again, a guy that unfortunately had a lot of injury problems, Favari comes in and boom, there's a guy filling a role. That's what's so important about this team is that you're able to, and I, you know, right now Hershey's, they're not statistically the greatest team right now, but they're having a good couple players early on and a couple of good starts. Zach Bucali got called up as a goaltender to fill in because Vitek Vanacek's a little bit questionable right now. And he's been having a good start, even though Vanacek, not Vanacek, Zach Bucali has been a professional now for, oh gosh, six years makes me feel old. But that's the point is like they have good talent in the system that eventually is going to maybe one day success the current roster to be in a still a successful franchise, which is what many people thought was not going to happen. They thought they're going to go back to the pre-lockout capitals, the Armour Yager caps, who are, they, that was a fun team to watch. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Ovechkin's the only good player on the Caps. And it's... It was for a couple of years. Yeah. Like, yeah, for a couple of years it was. But, like, it's it's simply not true yeah. anymore. No, th- this is a this is a real good hockey team. And we're going to we're gonna certainly break down the matchup here a little bit more in just a moment because this is certainly shaping up to be a good matchup. You know, not just a couple of years ago when the Blue Jackets were, you know, contenders and they had Bobrovsky and Panera. Now this is going to be a matchup between kind of the fresh blood of the Blue Jackets and the still older guard of the Washington Capitals. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I got to remind you guys about Bet Online. They are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball, hockey, and football season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of your NHL action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On to receive the bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, not anymore, obviously, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas, casino games, all the fun stuff. We'll go on there to take advantage of the amazing offers for the 21-22 season where Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Jay. Game tonight. Caps, a little bit tired. They played last night against the Detroit Red Wings. 
like I said, I say last night, like it's, oh, it is Friday. No, it's not. It is Thursday we're recording this. They come back out of it. And, you know, as of right now, I'm not going to predict who's the goaltender because as of right now, we don't really know. I think it's Sam Sonoff going in net for the Red Wings or against the Red Wings. Vitek Vanacek got a little banged up, so I'm not sure if he's going to be good to go. We'll have to wait and see on all of that. But Jay for Columbus, a little bit rested. And after, like I said, a couple big wins coming off here against Colorado, how do you think they are feeling coming into this game tonight? It's going to be it's going to be an interesting one, I think, because, yeah, we haven't played since Sunday night. So five days off, essentially. Yeah. Uh, before that, we played. But it was it was a really weird schedule. We played on. I think we played Sunday. Then we played Wednesday. Then we played Saturday. And then we didn't play until or we, we, we don't play until uh, tonight. And. On the one yeah. hand, I think rest is good. We've got a very young team, you know, they're not used to, a lot of them are not used to this kind of 82-game season. Uh, you know, even the guys that kind of came into the league a couple of years ago, last season was a shortened season. The season before, obviously, stopped dead in, in the middle of March. So I think the, the rest is good for the, for the young guys, but I also worry that five days is a long time to not play a game. You know, I think back when we had a regular bye week, which would have been, you know, two seasons ago by now. Right. There was, I think, maybe two out of the 30, 31 teams won their games coming out of the bye week. You know, oh, it was horrendous. So, I, I, yeah. I understood it, but it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I it's, it's going to go one of two ways. I think either the Blue Jackets are going to know, OK, we've had a lot of rest. We're going against a team that played last night. Uh, I don't think Detroit is considered a gimme win. No, the, not, the not anymore necessarily after they've decided actually we are not going to finish bottom of it. they've kind of done the same thing as columbus and they just decided to be good this season which is you know I'm, I'm okay with that um so you know they they come in against a tired capitals team that have maybe had to work a little bit harder than they thought they would against detroit and just outskate them um that was that was the the modus operandi for the blue jackets for a long time was we might not outskill you. We might not have more talent than you, but God damn it, we're going to outskate you. And I don't think that's necessarily the same now under Brad Larson as it was under John Tortorella, but that's, that is the, the, the ideal I think is we're just going to skate until you can't skate anymore. And that's really the biggest part too. Sometimes when you outwork a team, because we, you know, while there are the young kids, I think we're going to see a little bit more of the youngsters play tonight for the Capitals. I think you're going to see a little bit more of Leeson and protest just because of out of necessity. Once again, I remember talking with JJ Reagan about it. I said, I'm like, JJ, man, they're playing well. These young kids are getting minutes. Like he's like, well, yeah, they have to, we're going to run three lines in the national hockey league. That's not how it works. But, but yeah, to your point, if you're able to out skate a team and get their fatigue levels, because the majority of this roster is still above the age of 30. Now, yes, 30 years and, 30 is not as old as it used to be in today's NHL, but it's still, it's getting to that point a little bit. I mean, when you look at the Blue Jackets roster of, I think, two players are over the age of 30. Right. Like, it, it's a team of children. And, now, like, let's yeah, be honest. The average age is brought down by Cole Sillinger. It's brought okay, down a true. lot because our, our average age is still like 24 or something stupid. Like There's the outlier the, of this, of this yeah. survey. But yeah, to your point, that's going to be an interesting matchup. And I and it's a real bummer because I would have... I. That, that's why when Patrick Lining got traded last year, I said to myself, you know what? 
when this goes back to the Metro, you're going to have the matchup of Ovechkin versus Line A. And unfortunately, he had to get hurt and is out for the foreseeable future. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not weeks. happy about that either. But. Well, and that's the thing, because literally you should have two guys on each end of the power play saying, all right, boys, back foot one tease. Let's do this, because that's literally how those two guys like to do it. Line yeah. A, I think, is more of the now Line A has a great one timer, but you've seen him, too. He likes to catch and shoot a little more than Ovechkin does. Ovechkin's like, I don't need this thing any more than I have to shoot it. Line is like, shoot it. And I'm like, all right, what silly am I going to do after this shot? Ping off the crossbar. Yeah. Plus, we didn't Winnipeg. Not so much in Columbus yet, but he's going to get there. He's working on it. He's working on it. The problem the problem with the, the power play is, uh, well, first of all, it's been terrible for a long time. It's pretty good this season. Um, but I think the problem for, for Line is on the power play is that Boone Jenner has decided to willpower, willpower his way to 30 goals on the just on the power play by standing in front of the uh, the net and just all of the goal all of Patrick Laine's attempts have been bouncing in off of Boone Jenner. He's stolen like four goals from Laine this season so far. So, which is where those primary assists I talked about a little bit earlier are, are coming exactly. from. So I assume that eventually he will not hit Boone Jenner when he's shooting the puck. But as of right now, that's uh, that's kind of how it's been going down. You mentioned Steve Dangle talking about how he does like be a pro where he's hitting and scoring all the time. Anytime I ever got an assist when I did be a pro back in the day when I had time to play video games, literally, if I ever had a, an assist, it was because I took a slap shot and there was a rebound or it got deflected. It was not because mm-hmm. I passed the puck. I had that yeah. puck on my stick the entire time. I was very, there's a reason why folks that I was a goaltender because I was very selfish and I didn't want anyone else to do my job. That's why I was a goaltender. That's yeah. That's how goalies work. It's, also, we're to, weird and no one likes us, but that's you, the point. <laughs> You don't have to share the puck. You don't have to worry about moving it to somebody or being in the right. Just stand in your net and stop the puck. And if you do that, everyone likes you. You don't? Well, then, as, as Jacques Plant said, you know, goaltending is not a hard job. Well, how do you like it if every time you make a mistake, a red light comes on behind you and 16,000 people stand up behind you and boo? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's the best job in sports. That's all of it, I can say. But what are your predictions for this one, Jay? That's going to be the big part. And I... This is why, like, I, I I never say whenever someone comes to me, like Tyler, I'm like, oh, the spread right now is a goal and a half, and the over under is six and a half goals. What do I bet? I'm like, never bet on hockey. Never ever bet on hockey. Kids. It's, it's a sport of voodoo. I mean, the only team I'd bet like would be a for sure bet, and you wouldn't win anything because it's such a lopsided bet. Is betting against the Arizona Coyotes because that's mm-hmm. the only team right now I could say I'm like, yep, that's a good bet because it's probably going to win. But then you have to like bet a ton of money to actually win money on games like that. But what if you were to try to bet, and I would only probably bet a pound if I were you on this game, what would you put the score as and how many goals? Hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a four three win mm. for the blue jackets. Like, God, gosh forbid you ever pick the other team and all of a sudden you well, lose all your subscribers. I, I picked I picked I bet against the Blue Jackets once. So far so every time I've done one of these crossovers, I've said, okay, we're gonna pick we're gonna predict the score and the game winning goal scorer. And I picked the, against the Blue Jackets once and it was against the Islanders. I picked the Islanders to win that game. And then obviously the Blue Jackets. I think the Blue Jackets won it in overtime as well, actually. Um but it's so I've learned my lesson <laughs> of of betting against my team. Uh so I'm going to say the Blue Jackets win 4-3 in overtime. Um, and I'm going to say uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand as the as the game-winning goal scorer. Is my, that was one, that was my one guy we didn't even talk about. He has five. He's leading the team in points right now. And I 
mm-hmm. I think he's been another great surprise. But then again, I think don't take any offense to this Jay or any Blue Jackets fans out there. I think this whole team so far has been a surprise. Am I wrong in saying that, Jay? No, I think that's it's weird because obviously I pay attention to this team closer than the average fan probably right. uh i've been following the team since 2014 yeah so i i know these guys and every time someone's like oh who's so and so like i was talking to um a couple of seasons ago josh anderson was leading the team in scoring and right. sarah avampato who does locked on kings messaged me and she was like who the heck is this guy i've never heard of him and somehow he's leading your team in scoring um you know and so i always forget that people don't pay a ton of attention to columbus but even by columbus standards you know we've lost, you know, Seth Jones is gone. Atkinson's gone. Felino's gone. Uh, Dubois is gone. Um, Steve Mason is gone. Can't forget the yeah, great like, Steve Mason. Like Bobrovsky, Panarin, all of our Duchesne. big name guys or people that are pe- guys that people have heard of around the league yeah. uh, are elsewhere right now, you know? So it, it's come down to the fact that it's like, okay, yeah, we have Zach uh, but apart from and Elvis Moslikins, um, yeah. who love of my life um, oh yeah <laughs> well how can you but, not he just seems like just a happy dude he's a delight he's a great goaltender and he's a ton of fun um and he drops an f-bomb on national tv on opening night because he can that's why because yeah who are you gonna tell elvis not to um you know so apart from those two guys i think there is a kind of a, a consensus of columbus players of like who like, people are starting to take notice of Oliver Bjorkstrand just because he's scoring a ton. But apart right. from that, you know, you you look at the roster and you're like, okay, who? Eric Robinson, you know, Alexander Texier. Um, who are these kids? You know, Jake Bean. No one knows who these people are. And I think that's kind well, of what I do. I, I, I think I'm a well-informed individual. Now, yes, you're right. Your point, the average <laughs> fan or whatever, yeah. But no, so my, my gosh, see, I hate picking because I remember when we did the locked over Panther, locked on Panthers one with Armando. I'm like, that's going to be the Panthers just because of the fact that for some reason I felt like I was going to be wrong. And I was, I was half, well, I was two thirds right. I said the Panthers were going to win. It was going to be an overtime. I just messed up on the score. I did not expect Washington to have a four, four game going to overtime. Um, and here's the, the, I think the hard part in this, and this is why it even like, even if we did record this right after the cap scheme against Detroit, we still would not know until like 11 o'clock or noon on Friday of who was going to start in net. Samsonov yeah. is starting according to left wing lock. It will be starting against the Detroit Red Wings tonight. If Vanacek is good to go, I haven't heard anything yet. I, as I've been literally looking at my phone all day and no one said anything of Vanacek is going to play. I mean, you I mean, can, you can guarantee that as soon as we finish recording, there'll be an announcement because that's how, that's how it works in this business. But well, they have they have all three traveling with them. That's why Fukali's there. It's literally just in case Vanacek can't go. And and I said this on the show yesterday. If Samsonov plays back to back, I've I've just there's like you're 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 not gonna win. Just because goaltending it's it's harder than it used to be where goaltenders used to be able to play back to backs. And I said on this, I'm like, would I rather have a tired Ilya Samsonov after a game against Detroit who has a great offense, as we've seen? go up against arrested Columbus Blue Jackets team, or would it be the same, if not better, to have a rested Zach Bucali? Well, yes, it's his first NHL start, but he has played well in the American League, and I think he's overdue for an opportunity to at least play in the NHL. I mean, if it doesn't work, well, shoot, it wasn't going to work with Samsonov. So I'm just going to, by default, give this one to the 
to the Blue Jackets. I'm not going to be as beneficial as saying that their Capitals are going to get a pity point out of this one. I'm going to say 4-2. I'll say the Caps hang around. Unfortunately, a couple will go in here and there, and it'll be an empty net goal or something like that. So, and I, I'll give, I'm going to give, you know what, just for the heck of it, I will say Zach Arensky scores because I'm a Michigan fan a little bit. People saw my shirt yesterday on the show. He's going to score against my the team that I cover because why not? Because that's how sports works. That's how it is. Normally, it's the, the guys that used to be on the team that will score, but I don't think Arensky never guys that, that are oh, ex-Capitals or ex-Blue Jackets, so... That's true. Yeah, that that would definitely that would have certainly been an issue. Well, Wrensky never Wrensky never scores against the Red Wings, so if he can consider that. But <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I'll go with that. I'll give Blue Jackets this one because I just feel like the Caps are be too tired, and if they make the wrong decision and goal, it's not going to help them at all. But you never know. Fukali may stop fifty four shots, and you know, all of a sudden be the next yeah, big that thing seems, in Washington. Honestly, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. And you can follow me, Blue Jackets fans, at Locked On Caps on Twitter at. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, like I say, the Blue Jackets play tonight and tomorrow night, which is exciting. Uh, Monday's episode, we will break down tonight's game against the Capitals and tomorrow's game against the New Jersey Devils. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Blue Jackets games. And until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.